0: Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rud Janssen, Rul Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rukas, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. Conversations.
1: Welcome in our online studio. Um, and in our studio today is Marie-France Watson. Welcome, Marie-France.
2: Hi, Rose. Nice to see you.
0: It's been a while.
1: Nice to see you too. Um, this is the, not year plus one, but year plus two, I think, um, <laughs> episode of this conversation. Um, mm-hmm. Marie-France was interviewed before, or was featured in this podcast, um, and interviewed by Ruud Janssen, and I'm filling in for Ruud to do the the follow-up of our of our first conversation. And we okay. talked about, in this podcast, we talked about horizons of change and all these kind of things, so uh, we are obviously interested in what is on your horizon of change, but also looking back two years, like uh, what was then on your horizon of change and what happened actually in in, in between. So Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of new things to happen. But um, for those of you who don't know uh, Marie-France, Marie-France, can you quickly introduce yourself?
2: Yeah, I have to work on my new pitch because it has been two years. A lot has happened, Uh, but I'm Marie-France Watson. I was originally based from Montreal, Quebec. Uh, part of the EDC community, part of the first cohort of certified event designers back in 2017. Uh, host of of uh, the CD uh, certificate program, level three program in Montreal for a few years. Uh, and now I'm gonna botch this up, but now I'm based in Basel and I have a new job and a new career, a new location and a new life. So I'm still working on my on my pitch, which is part of the reason why I was in a Massive transformation transition in the last year and a bit, um, which is why it's pretty fitting that the follow up happens now, two years later, as opposed to the one year. I was still in transformation a year ago, and yep. now I'm uh, I'm trying to settle into this new into this new place. Uh, so i now I'm the business development manager and event manager for Launch Labs here in Basel, Switzerland to a creative space that uh, helps to, uh, what well, that we rent out for cultural, all kinds of the different events, but also a creative space to help for facilitation and design thinking workshops, which I'm also involved in, which is quite exciting.
1: That is phenomenal. Super, super cool. <laughs> sounds like a cool job. Marie-France, um, what we will do is we will talk about uh, your professional life in this uh um, on stage podcast but mm-hmm. um, we will have some some nice things maybe to reveal about your personal life as well but maybe we do that in the backstage uh, yeah. backstage episode yeah um first of all like can you look back at two years it's always hard to look back because time time goes so fast yeah but try to take us back to 2021 mm-hmm. uh, when your your first podcast was recorded and um and think about like would you ever have expected to move internationally to find a completely different job as you had before? Because you you first worked at a, at a university, right? So yeah. how, how how can you reflect on that change?
2: Absolutely. Um, so two years ago, <clears throat> we were starting to come back onto campus. We were starting to like, what does hybrid mean? What is what is the future events going to look like? And in a lot of ways that. That question is still in the air, like we're still living it two years later, I think, in the industry, I, in the conversations I've had with other industry leaders. Uh, actually, I was speaking to Tice from Pastillion Hotels or formerly from Postillion Hotels this morning and it, still working and tackling this problem because we have this new wave of event professionals entering the field and they're inexperienced, they're new, they're fresh. So we have this new relais, what we call in French like relève of people who are taking over. And so we're still, I think, in this place of defining of where um, the event industry is taking place. And I remember at the time, I was really excited about what that would mean for the university, what how we were going to bring people back, what would hybrid mean, educating people and what it means uh, and what it doesn't mean. You know? And now we see like the virtual events have tapered off. There's still some um, virtual activities which are, which are really relevant, but that people are doing everything in person. And then what I used to, what I call these like digital enhancements, you know, whether it's live or somebody calling in for a talk, it's becoming much more seamless. Um, at the time too, I think I kind of hinted towards and, 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 it, and it's, it's manifested since that I was really looking uh, from a professional standpoint, looking for a new challenge, looking for what this might mean, but also looking at it and it's it been on my mind for a while, like many professionals of how to do this holistically. How do I combine my, my personal wants and needs and desires with my professional aspirations? Um, and how do you like, you know, the eternal question, I think that we all have to have to tackle. And uh, and some of it, and, and the things that happened uh, were beyond what I could have imagined. You know, I don't know if I could have set these goals. But I just, uh, but it's kind of like driving a car, right? You, if you look to that horizon and you aim your steering wheel towards it and you're ready for whatever bumps or, or challenges or anything ahead, then, then you just go for it as long, but just look in the right direction and you'll, and you'll start to arrive without mm. knowing all the answers. Um, so I really took a leap of faith in the last couple of years and, um, and l- trusted the universe knew what was best for me. Um, one of the things that I did professionally is I, I did apply for a promotion I was looking to um I was looking to advance in my career at Concordia and that took up a better part of that year and I and sometimes you think you know what you want and and sometimes you get it sometimes you don't in this case I didn't get it but it was because uh there was something better on the horizon for me that I wasn't even aware was just around the corner so yeah. which led me to uh huge life changes and uh and, and new career opportunities. I had been at Concordia for twelve years, and I loved every minute of it. Um, learned so much. Uh, I really appreciate all my colleagues and all the experimentation. Getting my certif my design my my uh, certification in event design, hosting the program, like doing all these wonderful things. It was a wonderful platform. But I uh, but I reached the end. I think of like what I could get out of that, and took a leap. Nice. <laughs> for something new and I'm still so, discovering what that means now
1: <laughs> so you're saying it's happened for a reason
2: everything yeah it's very trite but everything does happen for a reason trust the universe knows what's best for you I thought it was this promotion but nope <laughs> the, the universe had better plans for me so
1: so you you're you, yeah so would it would it have like just just looking back right because looking at the change and looking at what happened I think it's good to try to decode what happened yeah um, so you're saying like some people use that i i think i use that for in the same way right so that is that was bound to happen right that it was bound to like this is something is in the stars or something is in the yeah universe. and that's, a, that's it fits that's so right. well together
2: that there was no other way
1: yeah but i also believe in the fact that if you take um some exit somewhere then you never know what your life would have been without right so it's it's always the i always wonder like what what would happen if i took another uh master's degree or what what would have would have happened if i have, would have chosen another first job where i met my yeah. wife right so yeah this is this is um this is super super weird actually to look at it in this way um yeah. but let's say you would have gotten gotten that promotion what would have been different
2: uh well i'd still be in montreal uh i would have been you know, and it's hard not. I know this is the professional portion, but there is a personal part to this where I would have been doing the same thing that I'd always been doing, which is just putting 110% of my energy in, in events and what I love, but not leaving a lot of room for the other parts of my life. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And that was, I think, my personal. I mean, I don't think it's unique. I think it's a very common story for lots of people, but yeah. it was uh, that I, was, I already knew how to do that really well. Which is, um, you know, focus on events and creating experiences and doing all those things, which I still love to do. Uh, but I think I needed to leave room to create some experiences and some uh, other parts of my life. So I, 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 I'm, I'm really grateful that I didn't get what I thought I absolutely wanted, mm. um, because uh, you, ba- you know, um, I was looking at a colleague of mine. Uh, he's a keynote speaker, Sebastien Sasville, He's based in Quebec. And he had this, and it, I read it um, a week ago and I, I knew I wanted to bring it up, but he wrote this uh, post uh, from a talk in Dusseldorf in Germany saying, uh, you set goals based on what we know, which is incredibly small, right? And when we choose to run fear to fearlessly towards new experiences, sometimes that's what what we gain is a million times greater than what we can imagine. I think that's correct,
1: right? So it isn't yeah. the universe; it isn't the stars. Um, it's written in the stars. Um, and, and you have to let
2: go, right? I think uh, we 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 think that drive and and achieving greatness or is about holding on really tight and 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 persevering and laser focused. But what I learned in the last year and a bit too is also to just dare to be vulnerable, take a step back, and loosen your grip. And when you loosen it and you allow the things that are going to transpire happen and keep your eyes open to the other possibilities uh, and say yes to other opportunities um, without knowing all the answers or how it's going to work out, (laughs) Um, which certainly didn't, Um, amazing things could happen beyond what you could have ever dreamed of. So it's pretty exciting. But that's kind of so. It's it, and especially I think that there's a at a certain point in your career where that's you do have to in order to move ahead, in order to uh, achieve the things that you can't even imagine could happen to you, you have to let go a little bit and let uh, let allow it to happen, loosen your grip, I guess.
1: Yeah, I like that first quote you uh, you shared in terms yeah. of making plans, right? So can you can you reshare that?
2: Yeah, about goals, you mean? Yeah. So we set goals based on what we know, which is incredibly small. When we choose to run fearless, fearlessly towards new experiences, sometimes what is to gain is a million times greater than what we can imagine. That's and great. I want to make sure I give credit to Sebastian Sassville being yeah, a key, wonderful keynote speaker yeah. that he is, that that's his. Yeah. it really touches me because it's what I lived for sure.
1: Absolutely. So, but I, I think looking at, our horizons of change, right? So, um, um isn't change then? So, how would how would you reflect on that? Like connecting that yeah. to horizons of change and Absolutely. making plans and visioning and and making long term plans.
2: Absolutely. So, how like you... I think about you know I think about our drawing about horizons of change, and it really reflects in the book I think designed to change, where. Oftentimes when we're looking at at events and that change behavior between pre-event, post-event, what sometimes we're losing sight of, because we get so caught up into the the nooks and crannies of all that information, that it's actually not about that one event. It's about the next event and the event after that and the event after that. But we can't, but, you know, let's say we're at, you know, event number one. We can't really know. We we don't know yet what is the behavior change we're going to seek to have in event number five. We don't have the information to get there yet, right? Um, which is what we mean. Like we can't set that goal, but that's why it's so important to go through. And I, you know, I'm going to say it, the methodology of what it is that we do, and this is why we talk about the horizons of change. That it's not about the event today that's going to change and transform your organization it's about event five six and seven but we have to do something that we have to go through this process and you know articulate that value understand exactly what the change is happening so you could ask the next beautiful question and the next and you can define what the next change behavior needs to be to get yeah, there but then but then then
1: again right so i don't want to tear down our own theory of horizons of change and how we how we actually yeah, challenge it but i like to challenge it in a way to um say like if that quote is the truth let's let's hy- hypothetically assume that right so okay how can you ever get out of the of that small perspective or that like relatively tunnel or um was it at least limited perspective
2: mm. <clears throat> it's a good question i i mean i think i talked around it a little bit but I think it's about allowing yourself to go through these experiences and going through different experiences um, to open up your minds to the possibilities of things you didn't know. Like, I don't know what I don't know today, but tomorrow I might have an experience today, uh, later when I drive over to France to go pick up some stuff (laughs) um, that will inform me for tomorrow. So I, I think it's about creating opportunities for experiences which is kind of what we do with events, right? Like, why would we have events? Like, you know, if you look at it from an engineering perspective, it's like, okay, here's the problem. Here's a solution. Let's do it. But we know that that doesn't work because it's not allowing for what you're talking about, which is not, we don't know what we don't know. So you need to get together. You need to create collisions, chaos, something to happen so that it can introduce new data points new experiences new people new environments new things that we could never have known you know like uh i don't know newton's apple if it didn't the apple didn't fall on his head he wouldn't have really yeah yeah. understood the gravity thing you don't know what you don't know or you don't know what you're taking for granted until you're challenged in a different experience or you hear a different perspective from somebody else Um, which is why we meet (laughs) hopefully
1: (laughs) so to to um to get out of the of that that limited perspective, you say like we need to do stuff which is out of our comfort zone and and, and going going out looking for yeah. other stuff than we are used to, but also let 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 life happen and, yep. uh, and and just and live it And, still, and, like, and you
2: know maybe also embrace um, you know quote unquote failure. Like embrace the things that you didn't get that you wanted but you didn't get, and trust that you're gonna get something even better afterwards. I got
1: a, I got another way of looking at it. My youngest kid is a um, not a hell of a sportsman, but he can debate uh, like a pro. Uh, <laughs> he's he's really really good, but he's not a, like a major sports sportsman. And and I, I we saw that from a very young age. and Like this is not his forte, right? So it's it's yeah. okay. Um, but he then we were at some point we were watching the Olympics I think it was the track and field 100 meters sprint right so um he said like oh that like that, that's something I'd like to do right so um because I, he, he liked the the grandeur of it and, the, and 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 everything and then I told him like yeah but that takes 10,000 hours of practice right and then you Hope that you are part of this elite squad of people who are there at that point point in time. And some of things, some some of those things are in your control, and some of the things are not, right? So, but hey, go for it, right? So this is, this is what if this is what you want. But after the, the ten thousand hours, I already lost him. Like he was like, okay, no, ten thousand hours, no, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> reason reason being that the reason why I'm mentioning this. Is that his his dream or his little dream was out of where I thought this could go, right? So he dreamt something like, I want to be there, right? So, and I I tried to support it, but I also tried to make it realistic. Um,
2: Yeah.
1: I'm just. Just thinking, like, are we also as humans making things too small, right? So, are we are we being programmed in a way like, yeah, but that's not going to happen for you, right? That's maybe happening. For t-. So, um, that's that. Back to that quote, I think, what kind of things could we program different, mm-hmm. or could we reprogram ourselves, yeah, to accept those b- bigger ideas and to accept those um more yeah what is it Harry, Harry goals to yeah. maybe maybe a little bit audacious goals to accept them and to and to allow them right because i think what what this gentleman um was talking about in that quote is we limit ourselves
2: yeah yeah we do we do limit ourselves and i think um and it, in this In our industry and events and what we're doing, we're really being challenged to that task because we need to be thinking like, you know, with the advent of, you know, artificial intelligence, I mean, I was talking to somebody this morning about how they're going to use artificial intelligence to help with the benchmarking in events to compare, like for all the mice groups and things like that. It's like, we got to, we're in an era, in an era right now where the possibilities are limitless and it can be overwhelming. So then you retreat a little bit. And back into the things that you know but yeah it's to dare to set goals or to reach higher than you think you can achieve so that you can raise yourself up to that and and that's actually a quote that quote is uh actually based on the keynote that myself Tim and Ryan did when we were talking about the event you know that we did a we back in 2019 pre-pandemic and it's just a and and given, you know, in, in this era of post-pandemic, I think we're in this mode of trying to be really practical and, and rebuild and do the things that we do, but we still have to aspire. But we're in a different world now. We have to aspire. We have to reach. We have to set ourselves goals that are higher than we think we can achieve to raise ourselves forward um, and dare to imagine the things that we don't even know exist yet. I, it's... Um, to decode what happened the last year in a way, sometimes it's just about saying yes (laughs) and just not knowing where it's going to land. You know, I think you said to me at the beginning of last year uh, to jump without a safety net, right? Yeah. And we'll, or no, you said jump, and the safety net will appear. Yeah, so Sorry. there was a. That's a little bit better. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was was it Sarah Hashimi. Um, also, give the right credits to that quote. Yeah. She uh, she was on on stage at MPI EMC in Budapest, and she was a that was a very inspiring talk. And um, she also had the same kind of challenges like everyone has, right? So shall yeah. I, shall I not, right? And then people are afraid to let go of something right and that's mm-hmm. uh, like paul hulkins is saying like um the art of letting go <laughs> the art of letting go right so it's a, it's the it's the monkey bar principle when you want yeah. to move to the next monkey bar right to the next bar then you need yeah. to let go of of one of one hand of the, uh, uh, the other monkey bar so the, i yeah. think i think that is a very nice analogy to live by in terms of yeah this is what you need to do and what Sarah Hashemi t- took into that um in in, in actually what inspired me uh, more than the art of letting go is letting go is something very audacious and dangerous maybe right uh, I, think I can feel one dangerous. thing we
2: have to acknowledge is that it can be really painful I can very painful it can be very painful and we we tend to steer away from things that are painful or hurt and because that's bad, right? Like I think instinctively you want to stay away from that stuff, but but the transformation is really hard. It's really painful, and it's hard to let go yeah. of things. And that's definitely a lot of what I've ex- experienced. As happy as I've been, the happiest I've been, I've also had some of the biggest pain point, or like the mm-hmm. a lot of pain. It was a lot of pain too to have to let go. Um, and some of it's very obvious, you know, like saying goodbye to your family and knowing you're not going to see them as much. I mean, that stuff's obvious, but also just letting go of maybe certain ideas that you had about yourself, letting go of certain dreams or aspirations you thought, letting go, feeling like I don't know who I am right now anymore and being open to like having that be redefined in a new, in 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 a new, you know, era Uh, and it's still very, uh, unnerving right now. Like now I'm going to, there's different phases of it and it hits you differently as you go through that process and it, and it's, it's highs of highs, but there are some lows. And I think it's important to acknowledge that that's, I mean, otherwise if it was easy, everyone would do it.
1: (laughs) right? So, but the net, so the, the, have you, have you experienced the net, right? So in terms of like, um. Right? Jump and the net will appear. Have you experienced yes. the net?
2: Yeah, I have experienced it. And then, was, uh, it was
1: it a long free fall?
2: Um, some of them, I think there are different nets. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think um, there was no, it, I, relatively, I don't know. It's really a relative question. <laughs> it can feel like an eternity when you don't feel like you have a net, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh but um, but I definitely had a, you know, I think a year ago and, and we can jump into that a little more in the after after uh, behind the stage. But uh, you asked me, like, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but the train has left the station and I can't turn back. This is what's going to happen. I don't know how we're going to work it out. Uh, and the result. And I, so the beginning of last year, I didn't know I would end up in Basel, but I had certain goals in mind. Uh, which would be, uh, you know, a, tra- a career change, um, you know, uh, trying to unify some of my personal aspirations. Uh, and and I just had to trust the process, as we love to say, yeah. and just uh, trust that the answers would reveal themselves. Uh, one of the things to, to come to Basel and, and one of the things when you change it, you know, changing a career after 12 years is, is a a lot, Um, but then doing it in a different country, there's a lot of uh, really exciting bureaucratic, you know, I'm a bureaucratic ninja, this last year has been my thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Really interesting rules and regulations and very practical, unsexy things about moving to a different country that you have to take into consideration. Um, And it, but like I said at the beginning, you know, I, I just, I said, okay, I'm going to find a job in Switzerland um, or a remote Canadian job. We'll see. We'll see what happens. And I just, but I sat there and I didn't ask too any questions. I had a lot of people, like, oh, what's going to happen? I, was like, I don't know, but this is what I have to do now. And the rest, no, it,
1: the, out. I don't know part is the free fall.
2: That's the free fall. Yeah. And so I, I didn't know how it was going to work out, but you, you kind of have to think a bit beyond the net of what the goal in mind is and, mm. and trust the process that, uh, you know, the pieces will come together and and the information will reveal itself as you take, you know, you just have to start and then you'll start to find steps. There's a lot of, there was a lot of reasons to think that it wasn't going to work, that there'd be obstacles and the things that were going to happen, but, but no point in focusing on those distractions on the side, then I would have stopped. I didn't stop. I just kept going forward. Um, and trusting that like, okay, well, when I get to that place, I'll, answer that question or i'll do the steps i have to do um to get the work permit and then well what are you going to do with your stuff okay i don't know but let's just you know, we'll just keep moving
1: yeah but at least you had a you had a, a a marker on the horizon where you want where you, you want exactly
2: to be. and i think but that's that... maybe what we're getting back to i i think what's important is to acknowledge all these things, but is to just have that marker on the horizon. Even if it's really unfocused, if it's a little fuzzy, you're not really sure where it is. You're not, it's not all the answers aren't defined. Just start, but have that marker there. Yeah. And the rest will come as you start taking steps towards it. Right. Um, and that's the part of letting go and not having all the answers, but also daring to aim for something that you didn't even know you wanted.
1: Yeah. Inspiring. That's just, um, that is a very, um, very cool conversation. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's ask, ask me a, um, let's ask a last question. Okay. Uh, maybe that's a very small question, but maybe is um, asking for a bigger answer. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at what you um, of course don't know, um, looking at the future, Mm-hmm. Or not everything we just discovered yet, yeah, you don't know everything. Um, can you share what is on your horizon of change two years from now, then, right? So like we we look back two years. Um, what if we look forward two years?
2: So interestingly enough, before I moved, I feel like I got asked this question a lot. So I had a little bit of practice. I still don't know have all the answers yet, but um, what I do know or what I think I know, for now is that this is really just a one of the just a baby step like it's kind of the end of one phase but it's just the beginning baby step of another um of my of ultimately an expansion project so um I'm really looking at um you know we were in the mastermind back in November in The Hague and we had some kind of these conversations and I I feel like we did I did it's really fun to look in hindsight and see, okay, I did kind of manifest these things. Um, but, uh, but really looking at this as an expansion project for me that I'm not, I didn't leave the whole Canadian market and all my network and everything I built over here. I'm just expanding it here in Europe. And we know with technology and AI and all these wonderful things that like the world is becoming a smaller, more connected place ever before. And there's no reason, location is, and you know more than most, location is not really... A hindering yeah. factor anymore. Um, so I'm really looking um, at this to be at being a uh, part of my expansion project, exploring um, outside of the academic world of the event industry and focusing a lot more on facilitation and design thinking and design work, um, which has really helped me to take those leaps of faith, ultimately. Um, because of that kind of methodology that's been ingrained in the last couple of years, that uh, that you know, if I if I set it up right, I will land in a good spot somehow. <laughs> you yeah. know, I don't know what it's going to be. We don't know what the change behavior is always going to be, and are we designed for it? But sometimes there's things that pop up that we don't even know are going to come yeah. up. Yeah. But because you design for it, you might be able to. You're more ready to accept that those surprises, right?
1: Yeah, you. you what you did already now, and I think and that's a that's a great um way to put it is in the last um job you had um design and being a facilitator was more a side gig in your um last role where you had, you yeah, had you yeah. needed to you claim time for that you needed to find the right clients to uh, to help help them in 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 this way and now yes. this is your job right so there's no maybe there's 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 no ambiguity now maybe there's the 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 planning is more the side gig um uh and and now i think it shifted i think that's a that's a nice nice shift yeah
2: Um, i'm flexing a new muscle uh i'm gonna learn a little bit more about what kind of more deeply uh, what kind of facilitator what kind of design work Uh, i'm looking forward to cracking some really fun problems with different kinds of clients yeah Uh, no secret in switzerland it's a lot of pharma so I'm learning all about the medical world already, which is fascinating. Um uh, and we're we're gonna yeah, I, I so I I'm really in that again, I'm back into the unknown, shockingly. <laughs> so so now I'm just daring to uh maybe set goals that I didn't even imagine could exist. So we'll see in two years, I guess. <laughs>
1: Thank you for this conversation, Marie-France. Um, Thank you, it's, it's nice overdue, to catch up. Right, it should have been year plus one, and it's now year plus two. Yep. <laughs> but the reason for that, the reason for that, we'll share in the backstage episode um, of this mm-hmm. podcast. So, uh, bye for now, and
0: see you backstage.
2: See you there.
0: This has been another episode of the Design to Change Designer Conversation Series. Explore these conversations and additional content at designtochange.online. Want more right now? Tune into the backstage episode of this conversation and hear what the experts discuss offstage.